Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Your official station to talk Knicks. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Daniel McCartan. McCartan after midnight in New York City. On the line, we are on the hotline, all the way out in Vegas. Raiders reporter for the Las Vegas Review Journal and a great friend of the show. Adam Hill joins us now on the fan. Adam, thanks for coming on. Welcome. Yeah, of course. It's uh, it's my prime time, so it's a good time for me. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, what? 12.36 uh, out there? 12.37? That, that sounds about right. Yeah, somewhere in that range. Yeah, all right. Um, so, all right, great. Thanks for joining us. Um, so, listen, uh, Obviously, the talk around here has been the Jets quarterback situation and um, who might be that veteran quarterback that comes in next year and takes him to the promised land. So, But before we get to there and, and the fit and everything of, of Derek Carr, obviously, I, I kind of want to get the insider perspective, your perspective on, on what went down there. So I saw that McDaniel said they're going to address it in the offseason. But first and foremost, is the Derek Carr era officially over in Vegas? Yeah, I don't think there's any question. He's done. Uh, no, but I just want to go back a second. What's wrong with Mike White? That's my guy. Uh, is Mike White? I mean, he throws more interceptions per game than touchdowns. That's fine. It's fun. It's it's entertaining to oh, watch. That's fun. all I want. It's a good story. Sure. I mean, I, I'll take I'll take that. I'll take fun over anything else. Look, I I have to watch a lot of football every weekend, and I I love watching football. It's great. I do it even if I wasn't being paid to do it, but. Uh, I watch pretty much every game, and I'm entertained when Mike White is playing, so yeah. I want him to stay in there. So that's selfish. But, uh, <laughs> yes, as far as Derek Carr goes, he is done in Las Vegas. He will not be a member of the Raiders. I think that's very clear. I think it's been clear for months, honestly. I, I think this this experiment was over. They signed him to a one-year deal, essentially, even though it was announced as a three-year deal. Uh, when this administration came in, they gave him a one-year, like, let's see what you've got kind of deal. And I think weeks ago they were they were done with him and they were ready to move on. And uh, the game in Pittsburgh just convinced everybody that that was it. And so you know they've basically said, all right, let's let's separate ourselves from this situation. Let's not allow him to get hurt because if he gets hurt and can't pass a physical after the season, then there's a guarantee that kicks in. So uh, I think for everybody's best interest, they've decided that he's not part of their future and they've moved on. I, as you were talking about that, knowing it for a while, and I, I flashed back in my mind, and you would know the details, but it, does this, I mean, was this correlated at all with that press conference where he was crying at the podium? So 
I've been trying to put put that a lot together, uh, put together a lot of the kind of details, the week to week minutia of how that went down. Yeah. And yeah, I think I think pretty much it was known around the team about a week before that. And I think what happened is, you know, that week was kind of ugly in practice. Then they lose to the Colts with Jeff Saturday as yeah. a first time coach. It was days after he took over, and we've seen what the Colts are under Jeff Saturday. Somehow the Raiders lost. Was that their, that think, was their only win, right? Yeah. yeah. And I think there was a lot Under going Saturday. on that week. Yeah, there's a lot going on that week with the Raiders leading up to that game. And then something happened in the locker room after the game, whether it was a lot of guys yelling and screaming at each other, whether there was an actual, you know, any kind of potential physical altercation. We haven't really learned all of the details, but something happened in that locker room after that game. And then they whisked Derek Carr away to go on the podium and I think he realized at that point, like, he had lost the locker room. He probably wasn't a part of the team's future. There was a lot of emotions going on, and he had to go up there. And to his credit, look, he stood up there and he answered questions, and yeah. he broke down, and he cried. But um, I think that was that was when everybody in the in, in the room kind of realized it was over, and I think the writing was on the wall for everybody outside the organization. If you're really paying attention, like, that was it. You know, I've also seen, though, Raiders players, the outpouring on social media. I mean, you don't question his character. You don't question his work ethic, any of that. So... Why is it? It's just results-oriented? Is that it? Cutthroat? Uh, yes and no. Look, I, I think I think there's a lot of window dressing being done right now, too. Um, nobody wants to sell him to the bus. Like he's, he's a good guy. I mean, is he a great leader? I have questions about that. Um, but I think he's a, he's a good person, right? And nobody wants to pile on. And mm-hmm. it's a time where he's obviously very uh, upset and hurting. And Think of the position that a guy like Devontae Adams is in. I mean, Devontae Adams is his best friend from college. They played together at Fresno State. Mm-hmm. They've maintained a friendship. Their families are close. Um, what is Devontae Adams supposed to say? Yeah. That's his good friend. Now, at the same time, if I'm Devontae Adams, I'm looking at him and saying, hey, man, like you're crushing my legacy by not getting me the ball, but we are still good friends off the field, right? So how are you supposed to handle that? So I think you're going to hear a lot of positive things. I think there are certain players in the locker room that – are devoted to him and love him and always will be friends with him and always will be close. And I think there's players in the locker room that are are frustrated and have had it with Derek Carr. I mean, think about all the things that have happened in the last nine years. They've not been able to have success. Is it his fault completely? No. But over the last nine years, there's only been one constant. There's been new coaches. There's been new players. There's been new everything. The only constant is Derek Carr, and it really just hasn't worked. And so, yeah, you can say the defense hasn't been great, and it hasn't. Uh, but, you know, the other teams deal with that, too, and they find ways to win. It's It's been Derek Carr, and I think in, in this case, he should want to move on just as much as they want him to move on. Mm-hmm. It hasn't worked. It's been almost a decade. You've got to find, go somewhere else and start over. I think it's probably best for everyone. Adam Hill, Raiders reporter for the Las Vegas Review Journal, is with us on The Fan. Adam, you walk into that, that locker room. Uh, describe it. What's the mood? What's going on in there at practice? Yeah, it's it's tough to say, right? I think it's 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 very telling that he's not there, right? It's not like he was demoted and now he's in there. Yeah, he hasn't been and there all week, right? No, no. He it, it depends who you ask, but he has not been there. We know that. Whose decision that was, I think, is is kind of up in the air. My my thought would be, let's just say, for the sake of a hypothetical here, that if he were to leave and go home, the team wouldn't want to say that, right? You wouldn't want to publicly say, hey, he left Mm -hmm. and make it look like he's pouting and whining about this Mm -hmm. and then diminish any potential trade value. So uh, I would imagine that if if that was the case, if he left on his own volition and just got out of there, 
the team would probably cover for him in this case. Huh. And the mood, is it it's divided? Is it sad? Yeah. Is it happy? Is it, what is it? It is. Look, look I, think that, I think that he has alienated himself from certain people in the locker room. Okay. And I, nobody's, saying, nobody's saying that. Look, publicly, it's been, look, that's our guy. He's been here forever. Yeah. You know, everybody's saying the right things for sure. But I don't think it's as down as many people might expect. I, I think it's, um, it's some acceptance. I think a lot of people knew this was coming for a while. And the fact that it, it's happened... Uh, you're just kind of looking at it and saying, okay, yeah, we knew this was coming. It's it's happening now, and we're moving on. Everybody's kind of saying the same thing of, hey, look, at the end of the year, we can reflect on what he's meant to this organization and, and what he's meant to us personally and, and as a friend. But we've got two games to play, and by the way, the weird, really weird thing, they've still got a slight chance to make the playoffs. I mean, <laughs> it's not likely. It's you know less than 1% at this point, 0.9%, but – if they win their final two games, which are very difficult against San Francisco and Kansas City, they've got a chance of everything else falling into place for them to actually make the playoffs. So it's not like the season is completely over at this point. So I saw also fire the phrase "fire McDaniel's" was trending on Twitter. I mean, <laughs> it is now uh, to me. I read that as an outsider. I'm like, all right, well then, fire McDaniel's. It's, it seems to me, okay, does Mark Davis have a choice between retaining his coach or retaining his quarterback? Mm, not necessarily, but I, look, it, it was always going to be McDaniel's. I don't think there's much question about that. And even more than McDaniel's, it's McDaniel's best friend from college. A lot of college friendships renewed here in Las Vegas. But <laughs> uh, McDaniel's best friend from college, who's been you know his best friend throughout, is Dave Ziegler, the GM of the Raiders. And they came in together. And I think more than even McDaniel's, I think Mark Davis really believes in Dave Ziegler and what he's trying to build here. So that was always going to be a package deal, and they were going to be back. So if it was a choice between the two, McDaniels was always going to win that. But um, I think this is more, you know, Derek Carr is one of the most polarizing players I've ever covered in any sport. Uh, there are There is half the fan base that if Derek Carr went 0 for 12 with 12 interceptions, they would say he, he, he threw 12 great passes that just happened to get intercepted. And there's other people that if he went 33 of 33, people would say, yeah, but he still stinks. Like, he's just a really polarizing player. Mm. And so it makes sense that, you know, the – the the car fans who people call them either car stands or Kardashians is the proper oh the, uh, the the term that a lot of people use for them. <laughs> the, the people that are car fans are never going to back down from that, and so yeah. I think they are kind of starting that hey fire McDaniel's not car thing. Got it. But it's it's a lost cause at this point. Car is gone, and that era is over. Yeah, I mean I, they flashed. I was here just this time yesterday. They flashed a graphic on the TV. It's, it's like career worst or second to career worst in like major categories. Uh, so you know the polarizing thing gives me pause as well. So Vegas uh, Lotus broadcast. Adam Hill joins us on the fan to give us the Raiders' perspective. So the fit here in New York, I mean, looking at that contract, someone last night said, oh, no, because people here forget or don't know that he has a full no-trade clause. So is it a release situation or is it a trade situation? I mean, it's one or the other. Like, I imagine they're going to try to do something in terms of renegotiating what he's got because everybody kind of understands right now it's over. Um, I think Derek Hart, his camp, believe that He's going to, you know, on the open market, fetch a hefty return in terms of draft picks for the Raiders, and um, they'll have their pick of where to go. Like, I, I, I really think from Carr's perspective, his side believes that there's going to be like 12 teams bidding all these draft picks to try to get them. I just don't think that's the case. So in his world, I think he believes he's going to have his pick and, you know, exercise his no trade and say, no, send me to this team, not this team. Um, and, and I think the, the reality of the situation is he's probably not going to have that many suitors. 
So he can exercise a no trade and turn it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if somebody actually wants to trade for him and actually pay him that contract, that he would gladly go and take it. I mean, it's a lot of money mm-hmm. uh, to turn down because the alternative is, all right, exercise your no trade clause and then we'll cut you. Uh, and then there's nothing guaranteed, and then somebody can sign him for whatever they want. So mm. um, I have to imagine that he'll accept it just because the contract is so favorable for him next year. Like, why would you turn down a trade and just go make the money? Now, there's a caveat that, you know, Derek Carr before this year said, if I'm ever traded, I'm retiring, I will play for no team but the Raiders. But I have to tell you, I think that has changed. <laughs> I don't think that's the case anymore. I don't think so, yeah. So, so all right, so say it's a trade, right? What are the Raiders looking for for him? Uh, whatever they can get, right? I mean, uh, they've they've floated it out there throughout the past couple of years, and look, this was an old regime, so I'll just say that. But you know, the old regime kind of floated out through the media that there was multiple teams willing to give up two first round picks for Derek Carr. I do not believe that is the case. Obviously, at this point, mm-hmm. um, I was kind of spitballing some things today. Uh, I said second and a fifth would make some sense, maybe. Uh, for Carl, but I was I got some feedback from some league people that said that's probably too much too. Um, honestly, I think there's a chance that nobody offers anything and he's cut. Really? I, I think that I think there's a chance just because of the deal. Like, look, I, I'm not saying there's no market for Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr will play football next year for sure, right. somewhere, and I think he'll be a starter somewhere. But um, I just don't know that with that contract anybody's going to you know make some significant offer. And I think in the end, the Raiders have only three days after the Super Bowl to make a move. That's when his contract becomes fully guaranteed. And here's the other crazy caveat to this that not a lot of people are paying attention to. That three days after the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. by the time they have to make a decision on him, like they, they can't make a trade at that point. The league year doesn't start until mid-March. So they'd have to make a, an agreement in principle and hope that the other team a month later wow. still wants to make that deal <laughs> because somebody could back out and then the Raiders are stuck with a guaranteed contract. Oh, Wow. It's crazy. Oh my what? Wow. Wow. No one Adam, I, I knew I had you on for a reason. <laughs> Adam Hill, Raiders reporter for the Las Vegas Review Journals with us on the fan. Um another something that gives me pause, despite the money, despite maybe giving up draft capital. Derek Carr in cold weather. And and not even cold. Maybe for you guys out there cold, but for here it's not that cold. I found a stat. I, he has not won a game when the temperature at kickoff is at or below thirty seven degrees. To me, we don't have a dome stadium. They forgot to put the dome on this MetLife Stadium out here. That's a real concern for me if he's going to start for the Jets. Yeah, anybody watched the game Saturday? The ball was just flying all over the place. Yeah. It, was, it was tough to watch. Um, I'll, I'll tell you this. Uh, Derek, the Kardashians, by the way, will come back and fight that argument and say, well, he won in Cleveland last year. Well, okay, let's look at this. The game time temperature was 41. It did drop like into the 20s by the end of the game. It was a crazy day. I was there. Um, and that was the game that was delayed three days because Cleveland was missing like 23 guys with COVID. Cool. So, oh, I remember that. Uh, so, yeah. And by the way, I, stuck, I was stuck in Cleveland for five days <laughs> because I got there Friday, and literally right when I landed, they pushed the game back. Uh, so, yeah, that was a fun time in Cleveland. Uh, but, yeah, the, the game time temperature was actually 41, and then it dropped below uh, after the game. So they will tell you they haven't won a game. Uh, that is not the case, though. Yes, cold weather has been a real problem, and wind and rain have been a real problem uh, for Derek Carr. And they've and I've seen throughout the hit that we, MetLife Stadium, the wind swirls in that state. I saw it with my own eyes the other night. The world it was swirling, swirling with the rain coming down. It doesn't sound like a good fit. I mean, for the Jets fans who do want Derek Carr, could you give us something? Could you give them something positive to say about him I and mean, how he would fit? 
Sure. I'll, look, I mean, I think the, the Jets are a great situation, right? Derek Carr has never had a good defense uh, really in his career, and I think the Jets have a very good defense, and I think they're only getting better. I think the supporting cast is there for him to succeed. I think, you know, the coaching staff, the structure is there, and he's definitely learned new systems. He's had like six of them in his career, so he can adapt, he can adjust. Um, he's not going to get you in any trouble. He's a, you know, he's a, a good role model. Um, you know, there's some questions about his authenticity, but um, for the most part, he, you know, he'll stand up there and he'll answer questions and, uh, you know, bring you all the things that you want in a leader and a quarterback for sure. Uh, all those things are there. Uh, I, I, and I think he'd be rejuvenated by, you know, going somewhere else and getting a fresh start. I think all those things are very possible. Like, I, I don't think it's the worst idea for somebody to go take a chance on him that has a team that's ready to go. Uh, that you can plug a quarterback in and, and find and find some success. I think those things are are very possible. I just I don't think it was going to work here anymore. And I would be a little bit concerned about the weather thing for sure. If I was if I was the Jets, it would be it would be an issue. And I would I would definitely have to you know take a look at some of his performances in cold weather and maybe see if we think that's fixable on tape. Mm-hmm. Um, and you might not have to look much further than uh, last year. The Raiders came in. It wasn't even that cold. But it was somewhat windy when the Raiders played the Giants last year on the road and was not an offensive uh, juggernaut uh, with the Raiders on that day. But I'll also tell you that was one of the worst weeks in Raiders history, obviously right after the Henry Ruggs scenario and uh, Mm -hmm. just a little bit after the uh, John Gruden situation as well. So the Raiders were going through some stuff off the field, uh, but that was not a great performance the last time the the Raiders went into MetLife. Well, Adam, this has been a very uh, illuminating here. Adam Hill from uh, the Las Vegas Review-Journal. I'm asking this question, Adam, on behalf of all Jets fans in this area do you have any inside info on the date that they'll be playing out there next season? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I do not. Uh, I'm I'm more concerned uh, with a couple of other games on the Raiders schedule, which would be uh, when they play at Buffalo, uh, because <laughs> I actually do want that in December. I, I think that would be awesome. I would love okay. to go on that trip. Okay. Uh, and also, the Raiders play at the Lions next year, and UNLV plays at Michigan, and we're all just hoping that's on the same date. Ooh. Uh, but we have no uh, no real inside information on when the Jets might be here. But I'm sure Jets fans will take over Legion Stadium, much like the 49ers fans will this week. New Year's weekend in Vegas, 49ers-Raiders, one of the most low-key uh, but really nasty rivalries in all of sports. Raiders and Niners from the Bay Area, uh, 7-7 all-time in the season series. And this is the most expensive ticket in the NFL this year. Wow, really? Yeah. Amazing. All right, well, Adam, uh, whether the Jets, you know, whenever that game is, I'm going to be back out there in July, so I will see you in July. There you go. Should be fun. All right, thanks so much for picking up the phone in the middle of the night to call over here. Thank you. (laughs) Of course, anytime. (laughs) All right, bye, Adam. Thanks. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.